it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, there it is. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Big Friday episode of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not on strike. Uh, The United Auto Workers are... It's 13,000 people off the job, and they are not happy with the president of the United States. Biden sucks. Pretty much their claim, but we will explain with the help of Michigan's own Tudor Dixon why the people in Washington have exacerbated the decline of the auto industry with their green energy push. Thanks, big government weenuses. Buckle up. Going to be a chippy Friday, girlfriend. 888 9910 if you want to be a part of this thing. There is no barrier for entry. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Sing along with me at home. Just the boys. We Actually, they don't do sing-alongs anymore. It used to be like, just the boys. Just the girls. Imagine now. Just the non-binary, cisgender, two-spirit ponies. Sing along with me. (laughs) Be gone for months. Okay, but the point is, whoever's listening on the regular knows this lyric I'm about to sing. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a... Happy Friday. Uh, Happy Friday. Fired up today. Just one programming note as we get out of the gate. Lincoln Fala, my son, my demon spawn, normally joins us to wrap the week up on Fridays. He will not be here today. I know the kids are upset. Uh, The reason being is he's normally previewing the next day's football game. Lincoln's team plays on a Monday this week. So he'll be calling in from eighth period to give us some insights. Just wanted to clarify that uh, he is not on strike. Okay, this, these are not. He's not holding out for a better deal. He doesn't want more juice boxes or whatever the hell he's making me feed him. Lincoln is expensive. I'm not gonna lie. Shut your mouth. No, no, he's 14. He's pricey. Although I, I to be honest with you, uh, I really at the age of 14, he is spending money on like food. Okay, spending money on like video games. Do you know what I was spending money on in when I was 14? I can't even say what I was spending money on when I was 14. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. So let's just say that that's a very accurate quote uh, for some people. But for me, fat, drunk, and stupid has served me very well. Okay, stupid not serving the country well in this moment. The auto worker strike now officially underway. 13,000 people off the job could cripple the economy. And one of the driving wedges here, despite the fact that we were supposed to have Union Joe, you understand. He's a friend of the union, old Scranton Joe. He took you know, took the Amtrak a million miles, and uh, Angelo noticed him on the train and said, "Hey, you're always on the train." The only problem was the guy Angelo uh, had died ten years before Biden became vice president. We have a president that is clearly not all there. But it's other fantasies in this moment that are gumming up the works uh, around the country. Whether we're talking about Toledo or you know. Dear Detroit, you know, Fort Wayne, you know, this Wentzville, Missouri, which, by the way, is the home of Chuck Berry, 
the great Chuck Berry. Uh, understand, these people are walking off the job. Uh, it is the first time, okay, in the union's 88-year history that all three companies were targeted simultaneously. Uh, and while the UAW is striking all three automakers, uh, led by its new president, Sean Fain, we'll get to him, uh, not every employee is walking the picket line, okay? But I will tell you, in the media, where a hit has been put out on Joe Biden, you understand, the media this week started reporting on old news as if it was new. That's a very bad sign for the president. Oh, I'm in trouble. But understand, okay, Biden for the last two years has had 70% of voters saying he's too old for another term. For the last two years, he's had 70% of voters saying the country's headed in the wrong direction. But only this week has the media started reporting that as if it's new breaking news, you see. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. Straight up, okay? They could have been reporting this a year ago, could have been reporting this two years ago, but they were trying to protect a Democratic president. Now the memos come down that the political uh, fortunes of Joe Biden are being whacked. They're starting to run negative stories on him. They weren't running negative stories, you understand, when he fled Afghanistan and abandoned our civilians and our interpreters and pulled the people with the guns out ahead of the people with the cell phones. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Think about that. The media wasn't slamming Biden after 13 service members died at the Abbey Gate, and we left that country with a terror group. We went to Afghanistan to make sure a terror group wouldn't run that country, wouldn't be a breeding ground for terror. We left with a terror group in charge, sitting on $85 billion worth of our weapons. Biden is such a disaster. Totally. But did the media run negative stories in that moment? The answer would be no. Now, people saw it with their own two eyes, and that's when Biden's you know poll numbers started to plummet. But the media, serving as human shields for the president, didn't say anything. The media is a bunch of losers. Okay, they're saying things now because the memo has been put out. There's a hit on Biden. So here it is. Political piece ran this morning titled, I don't know what he's done. In the UAW president's hometown, auto workers lash out at Biden. Come on, man. Okay, that... <laughs> Politico's Adam Wren starts the story by saying at a union hall here in United Auto Workers, President Sean Fain's hometown... A half-eaten pizza and a bag of Werther's original candies were spread out across the conference room table. Art and certainty about what would happen next and frustration with the Democratic President Joe Biden hung in the air. Okay, had President Joe Biden, the self-described most pro-union president in American history, done enough to forestall a strike, wrote Wren. I don't know what he's done, one worker said. Ask him. I don't think he knows what he's done. Seriously, I'm not trying to be mean. Oh, my goodness. As Wren points out, Quick wasn't freelancing. Fain and the union haven't yet endorsed Biden's reelection, throwing into doubt Biden's standing in auto worker heavy communities like his. He goes on to highlight Dave Johnson, 64-year-old union committeeman who didn't vote for Biden in 2020 and won't be voting for him next year. Terrible, he said. Can't remember his own name. It needs to be someone else besides those two guys. I'd vote for Obama. What would you do with a brain if you had one? I mean, I don't. Don't be thick, all right? I mean, seriously. Another committee member, Denny Butler, said he wasn't supporting Biden or Trump at the moment, and he didn't think either party was truly on auto workers' side. Now, I will tell you what's harming the auto worker, which is what's harming the auto industry, is the government putting its thumb on the scale of production. The private sector thrives when it is private, when the free market allows them, okay, to set their own production standards to compete against each other and force innovation. You know how they say necessity is the mother of invention. You get better products when there are other people out there trying to make better products than you are. 
Okay, if you're the only guy making pizza, you really don't have much of an infamous to make impetus to make better pizza. You just make it. Okay, in this instance, the private sector, the American auto industry, the reason it has hit such dazzling heights through the years, the reason it's such a fabric of who we are as a people in music, in pop culture, in our everyday existence is because it was, in fact, competitive. There was a point of pride in what they're producing, and I'm not here to tell you it doesn't still exist. I'm just here to tell you that the government is now telling them where to place their pride. EVs, baby. Okay, 2035, we don't want to see any gas, new gas cars. Some of the states want to phase them out before then. Do we have the infrastructure to convert 300 million vehicles to electric? The answer would be no. But more importantly, are any of these electric vehicles... Running on something besides fossil fuels? The answer would be no. But it's the government forcing manufacturers in a very specific direction that has become such a pronounced part of this problem. Okay, Ford's CEO flat out saying, okay, we're not going to pay them a type of wage that will impact our ability to produce electric vehicles. So you understand Electric vehicles are a big part of the problem. And it's not say you can't make them. It's not say you can't have them. But the manufacturers didn't get out of bed going, you know, we're in business to sell cars. Okay? 98% of the cars on the road are gas. You know what we should do? We should, we should target that sector of the economy that just 2% of the people are producing, okay, are driving. Okay? They didn't do that. They're attacking electric energy, electric vehicles anyway, not energy. It's fossil fuels plugging into the grid powered by coal in most instances. But they're pursuing that agenda because the government has told them it's going to be a priority going forward. Okay, we will withhold subsidies. We will tax you differently. Okay, we will zone differently. We will put our thumb on the scale of what you are to produce. Ergo, it's forced the big three to pursue a larger amount of electric vehicles. These vehicles are a lot more expensive. They cost a lot more money to produce. Now, when you hand manufacturers a higher operating bill, okay, they ultimately don't just go up, I guess we'll make less money. No, what they do is it comes out of the worker's pocket and it comes out of the consumer's pocket, okay? That's how it works. He knows what he's talking about. So that's why we find ourselves where we are. Okay. And again, nobody who is in the business of selling cars, okay, would go on Shark Tank and go, I've got it. I've got a vehicle 2% of the country drives. Okay. That's, that's where I'm going to throw my money behind. I need you guys to invest with me. They'd go, aren't you overlooking 98% of the country? Okay. Obviously that 2% is expected to increase to 4% and 8% and 10% because the government's forcing us to. But that's not a genuine appetite in the marketplace, okay? The average person can't control and afford an electric vehicle. The average electric vehicle owner can't move freely about the country with the relative ease that you'd have if you were driving a gas-powered vehicle. And we know that because the energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, tried to take that famous trip and what came out this week. They couldn't find chargers. So they had to send along gas cars to park at the charging stations and make sure they could hold the spot till they got there. That was embarrassing. Oh, it was hilarious because what ultimately happened is a self-righteous family driving its own green vehicle pulled up so that the energy secretary was using gas cars to block the pumps and called the cops. <laughs> my favorite thing in the world. Okay, but you understand this is who's running our government. Okay, it's being run by clowns. We're getting nothing but performance art in this moment. Here is Jennifer Granholm. I talked about this earlier in the week, talking about how 
There was a not poor judgment in her Charger debacle. Clip 34. Can you attest to the validity or the veracity of the, the situation you had a few months ago with the trip where you had a staffer that parked in a charging spot to hold a position for you so that you and your entourage could recharge your vehicles? Was that, was that situation true? Yeah, I've seen the reports. Uh, well, you were there. I mean, what? Well, regardless of the report. I wasn't saving the spot. But, um, oh. but let me just say I have a, a fantastic young staff. Just fantastic. Well, that's that's neither well, here nor there. I but, just want to say, but, but is it true that you had a staffer I didn't, in a gas-powered I, one, of, one of your gas, representatives is. parked in an electric charging spot to reserve the position for you so that you could do it and not be deterred from your travels? Was it that, was, is that it was poor judgment on but it's the true, part correct? of the team. Why do you think and poor judgment? But why do you think they did that? Um, I can only imagine they wanted to continue moving. But the bottom line is, it's not going to happen again. Oh, shut up, woman. Oh, oh, I get it. I can only imagine they saved the spot because they wanted to continue moving. Meaning if you're driving an electric vehicle, you can't always continue moving. Oh, wow. She's flat out admitting it. In order for me to get where I wanted to go and keep up the pace of travel, we need to block off pumps. And you hear how she said it? Oh, I wasn't saving the spot. I wasn't. You are so full of shit. Hey, dummy. Don't insult us, okay? They're saving the spot for your vehicle. So whether you're the one saving it or the one benefiting it from it, the fact is it's happening because we cannot travel the country at the pace we want if the government forces us to travel a very specific way that, by the way, doesn't actually affect the environment in a positive way on any level, okay? The net difference between a gas car and electric car in terms of what it would save you in money, in terms of how it would impact emissions, would require that car to be on the road for about 20 years before you saw any difference whatsoever. So people that can't afford a $30,000 car are being told to buy a car with an average sticker price in the 60s. Because don't worry, 20 years from now, there'll be a savings of like $32, assuming you can keep it on the road and find a pump. Okay, the reality is we don't have an infrastructure that supports electric vehicles at this point, and we don't physically have an internal appetite to get there. The government is forcing one on us. It's forcing one on manufacturers, and that's why we're in a position where everything is screwed up in Detroit. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi! Taxi! You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The world's on fire. We are roasting radio marshmallows. 888-788-9910. Noah is out in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Noah. Long time no talk, Jimmy. How you doing? I'm saying, man. It's good to get the band back together. We missed you, pal. Yeah, it's too bad for A-Rod, man. We loved him in Green Bay, and now he's as good as dead. I I mean, dude, (laughs) the Jets are a cursed franchise, Noah. And I, if I wish I could have got to him and told him that, you think about this. They have not won the Super Bowl since before the moon landing. There's something up. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It. I mean, they yeah. ate up Brett Favre. 
But uh, your oh, man, I know, yeah, I know. Well, so your man Favre Aaron though. We'll go to Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. Well, Favre's issue wasn't his football getting intercepted; it was his text messages getting intercepted. Yeah, we can, right. Exactly. We, we can never forget that, right? Another conversation. <laughs> uh, what do you got here on the strike? What do you know, man? Um, so the big thing that, well, kind of goes hand in hand. It's truck driver appreciation week. I didn't even know that. Oh, get out of here. I didn't know that. That should have come up on the show by now. Come on, fellas. Thank you. And gals. Thank you. I, I, um, I was going to say with the electronic, uh, tractor trailers, you know, it sounds like a great idea in a perfect world, but if anything, it'd be more of a supplement to the diesel industry. I know they're doing it as short haul. But, you know, if they try and force what they're doing with the, you know, the private sector of just vehicles and they force it on commercial because, you know, the feds have their fingers in it Mm -hmm. more than that private sector. So um, hopefully I know they're in the test run because Lay's has a bunch of EV trucks out in California. And if they start pushing agendas through and then they start, you know, because we know California originates everything and shoves it on the rest of the country. So that would be catastrophic to the supply chain, I think, as is, you know, there's already shortages and delays yep. and so many regulations, you know, and if they just do that and now you're sitting there charging for two hours instead of pumping diesel for 20 minutes, you know, it's mm-hmm. really going to slow things down. Yeah, it's it's nuts, man. And that's the problem with, like, the government getting in the way. And the bigger joke, though, is that. We really like honestly, nobody could say to you they're going to change the weather. Do you know how stupid that is? Mm-hmm. Like if you were walking exactly. around five years ago being like, I can control the weather, you know, like they'd have you on pretty good meds by now. You'd be selling them to my producers <laughs> off off the station. <laughs> Making a couple bucks here and there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on. No, these guys are buying painkillers <laughs> off Aaron Rodgers right now. What are you talking about? Yeah, right. <laughs> they don't need you. Yeah. They're, they're He's ha- literally going down the path of bread fire. Yep. Well, well really- I wish the mm-hmm. new, uh, the East Coast teams the best of luck. But yep. after that Dallas game, too, I don't know. <laughs> no, we're in bad shape. Were you guys at least excited for Jordan Love? That was a good start for you guys. Oh, yes. I, I think, uh, what did they say? I read an article that said his jerseys are now flying off the shelves. What? Wow, that's amazing. Is we have Jets fans flying off the bridges right now. I've got to go, go pull one to shore. Good call, Noah. Have a great weekend, all right? Hey, you as well. Talk to you later. My man, the great Noah in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Telling it like it is, man. We got Aaron Rodgers, the Jets. So excited. This is finally the year. No, ma'am. Four snaps into the season. There goes the Achilles. Exactly. Now they would. <laughs> you can't even cross the bridge. They're all jumping. It's bad. It's the rock band that's being forced on the public. Joe Biden presents the electric cars. Charge all night. Drive all day. The government won't let you have a say. Charge it up. An album that will leave you feeling totally plugged in. She won't start again, and I have to call the Tesla guy. I'm gonna, she won't start again. The electric cars. Sure, they're way too expensive, but pretending to save the world is never cheap.
pricey. We don't have the infrastructure. So what? Go get an electric car. This is crazy. UAW on strike as we get underway here on a Friday. Uh, Lewis standing by in West Palm Beach, Florida. He knows things. Lewis. Jimmy, how are you, my friend? My man, I'm good. I'm heading your way. I'm going to be there in December at the Palm Beach Kennel Club. I will see you there. Stop it, Lewis. That's a, I, be careful what you wish for, man. That's the night before my birthday. <laughs> I'm going to be in bad shape. So, Jimmy, let me tell you, I was never a taxicab driver, <laughs> but I... But I do own a Tesla. Oh, there you go. Let's talk about and it. To your point, to your point, every time I have to charge the car, I've got to wait in line because there's not enough charging stations. Uh huh. So the infrastructure is just not there. Yeah. It's just not there. How long does it take when you actually hit the station? Because I know the Tesla is uh-huh. better than most of what's out there. To actually charge it? Yeah. About 30 minutes. Okay. Yeah, about 30 minutes. Okay. But that's a that's a lot longer than a gas car. Number one, number two, if the guy if there's two guys in front of you, that means you're waiting an hour just to wait thirty minutes. Correct, correct. And that's I never a... bought the car because I'm green. Uh-huh. It's actually a fun. It's a very fun car to drive. Yes, uh, a, a couple of the fleets here, like we, you know, being on TV, there's guys that'll drive you home after the show and stuff. That's what they do. But I feel guilty as a cab driver, and I can't. I have to drive myself. It's like a weird thing. But some of the guys, once in a while, when I get a ride, drive Teslas. They're nice. They ride nice. They're fast. Uh, I, I don't begrudge them that. But most of the people who own them at this point find themselves in your position. They like the car, and a lot of them have other cars, meaning they own gas vehicles too. Are Jimmy, you... I, I have the benefit of being an attorney. Mm-hmm. So I can afford the car, mm-hmm. but not everybody can. It's a $65,000 car. Yeah. I mean, it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, the infrastructure is just not there. So there, the administration is pushing this idea that everyone has to go to electric vehicles, mm-hmm. but there's no – it's just not there. It's That's what I mean. There. It's like um, imagine you were getting ready to force uh, an extra – we're going to have two Mardi Gras this year but we only have three cases of beer for this new Mardi Gras. Like, people are going to be disappointed. You know what I'm saying? But this is where we are. Uh, Listen, we'll have more than three cases of beer on December 16th, Lewis. I'll see you down at the Kennel Club. I will see you, Jimmy. My man. Thanks. Happy Friday. There he goes, Lewis. He's telling you the truth. The infrastructure's not there. Uh, And it is expensive. Maybe that's why Biden claims he's a college professor. I don't know if you guys heard this clip. It's so crazy to be on the air right now doing all of this stuff because I've been following... Biden, okay, since he came back out of the woodwork and announced he was going to run for president. And I was struck by just how completely full of right out of the gate, so much so that I began saving his clips. We began doing something on this show called permanent audio because of Joe Biden. Okay, Joe Biden, at the time he launched his campaign, said so many things that were like, wow, this is crazy. I'm going to hold on to this because it was such a demonstrable lie, but he didn't care. And the issue is, and I mean this, this is true. Biden started in politics in 1973, and he started campaigning in an era where you could say something today and it wouldn't exist tomorrow. Nobody was recording it. There weren't camera phones. There wasn't a 24-hour news cycle. There wasn't social media. Tell any lie you want. It's not going to come back to you until it does. Like if you remember when Joe Biden ran for the presidency in 1988, He was ultimately forced to step out of the race after he was caught plagiarizing and lying about his college achievements. Here is a 1998 permanent audio I've saved for you. Listen to this. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my 
in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only needed 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. And I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Joe Biden was victimized by the truth. Bye-bye, Biden. He may not know it yet, but I think this is very going to be very difficult for him to recover. Is Joe Biden dead meat, yes or no? I think so. Oh, wow, Biden! This guy's a serious ass. And that was in 1998. Biden now says his memory failed him. In 1998, in 1988, excuse me, 1988! Okay, 35 years ago, his memory failed him. Okay, here he is running for a second term. This could be a problem. Okay, no, it's memory didn't fail him. The guy's just full of he was campaigning back then the way he's campaigning now. He says something with no regard for the truth because they haven't been able to get it through to him that what he's saying can be recorded and fact-checked. So Biden, okay, yesterday he's down in Largo, Maryland, as always, starts bragging about his achievements. Here it is, clip 19. Our democracy is under attack, and we got to fight for it. I taught at the University of Pennsylvania for four years, and I used to teach political theory <laughs> and folks you always hear every generation has to fight for democracy just a bit outside he tried the corner and missed did joe biden teach a single class at the university of pennsylvania <laughs> not one not a day not an hour he's been paid by that school never taught there okay that's joe biden again just lying with no regard for the truth he's a sociopath okay here it is, and this is great because this is one of his can't-fix-grandpa moments. This is one of those moments where he's trying to position himself as a champion of minorities, but he insults them along the way. Like, do you remember this old clip? Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. <laughs> and what is he saying? Uh, poor kids are minorities. Correct the mundo. Here's a newsflash, okay? Poor kids, poor people come in every shape and size. Okay, the idea that poor kids can only be minorities, which is exactly what he's saying, just so you understand, is racist. I agree with that. It's racist. It's straight racist, okay, to say that, because what's the assumption? Okay, this doesn't affect white people. It's the lesser than. Like when they say voter ID is Jim Crow on steroids, do you understand? It's racist. You're saying these people aren't capable of getting a voter ID. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia and 40 other states. Jim Crow on steroids. You're saying it will be more restrictive to black people to ask them to get a driver's license, to get a government ID, than it would be to burn down their houses like they did in Jim Crow, than it would be to violently attack them on the way to the polls like they did in Jim Crow. Getting a license 
getting a government document is just a bar too high for minorities in the words of the racial champion Joe Biden. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? He's an actual sociopath. Like, believe me, I started documenting this because of how he launched his campaign. He said he was launching his campaign because it was a battle for the soul of our nation because Donald Trump failed to condemn neo-Nazis and white nationalists in Charlottesville in August of 2017. That was Biden's campaign launch. We're in a battle for the soul of our nation. The minute I saw Donald Trump failed to condemn neo-Nazis and white nationalists, I knew I had to run. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. Whoa! (laughs) So I guess we have some issues? (laughs) (laughs) They should be condemned totally. Did anyone in the media acknowledge that Biden lie? The answer would be no. Nope. They're starting to talk about him now. Why? Because there's been a hit put out on Biden. It's fascinating to be on the radio knowing the media is trying to take out the guy they put into office. But that's what they do. That's how they turn on you. If you don't believe me, ask my former governor, Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! But here is Biden trying to talk about the champion of the black race, uh, insulting minorities, clip 20. We not only recovered all the jobs we lost during the pandemic, we've added millions more. We've seen record lows in unemployment, particularly, and I've focused on this my whole career, particularly for African-Americans and Hispanic workers and veterans. You know, workers without high school diplomas, the lowest unemployment rate in 70 years for women now. What the hell did you just say? (laughs) Yo, listen to that. I focused my whole career, particularly for African-Americans, Hispanic workers, you know, the workers without high school diplomas. What an idiot. <laughs> That's Biden. Ah, the blacks and Hispanics. They don't have high school diplomas, these guys. He's a racist. Like, he's an old man racist. And that's why they go on offense. That's why they're always calling the right racists, okay? It's to project. It's to cover up. It's to throw you off the scent of the fact Joe Biden eulogized a Klansman in Robert Byrd. Google it. Look it up. It's a thing. That's why they're always calling Republicans racist. The left weaponizes race whenever they're losing an argument. Okay, but that's who you have in office. He's an actual sociopath who will go anywhere and say anything. And I don't think he understands that people are actually, like, cataloging this, that people are actually keeping track of it, okay? Let me give you one because it's very clear, like, the media at this point has, like, they've gotten the memo. Like, hey, guys, I know he's been doing this for three years, okay? We saw the story about oil cancer two years ago, okay? We've heard him say he was raised Puerto Rican but grew up going to a black church. God save the queen. We've seen him shake hands with invisible people. We've seen him talk to dead people. Okay, we've seen him walk out of conferences in the middle of the conference like he did at FEMA that time, like he did last week at the gold at the Medal of Honor ceremony. But I know we've never covered any of that stuff. But beginning this week, you can start asking about it as if it's new. Okay, understand the reason I'm telling you there's a hit been put out politically on Biden is because they're covering old information like it's new. Here is John Kirby at the White House being pressed on Biden's lies. It's clip twenty nine. In the past couple of weeks, the president has lied about being at ground zero the day after the September 11th attacks. 
falsely claimed he saw the Pittsburgh Bridge collapse. Uh, claimed his grandfather died in the hospital days before his birth. What is going on with the president? Is he just believing things that didn't happen did happen, or is he just randomly making stuff up? The president uh, was deeply touched and honored to be able to spend 9-11 with uh, military members there in Alaska and some families, make an um, important set of remarks about why we need to continue to remember that day. He's had a string of saying things that happened, didn't things that are easily debunked. Why does he keep doing that? The president was grateful to spend that time with those family members and those troops. <laughs> Come on, John Kirby. You gotta do better than that. He's had a string of saying things that have been easily debunked. Why does he keep doing it? John Kirby's answer, the president was grateful to spend that time with the family members and the troops. That was embarrassing. He didn't answer the question because he can't answer the question. Because if you're going to be employed by this administration, you can't get up there and tell the truth if the truth is, oh yeah, you know, the president, he's full of White House girls send Biden to bed early Because he's really old and he's senile He makes up so much crap the country's worried He's lying like it's going out of style You can't hide Joe Biden's lies For a while they made Saki try I thought by now they'd realize There ain't no way to hide Joe Biden's lies Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, Gretchen Whitmer. Gretchen Whitmer. The three men attempting or at least charged with attempting to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer have been found not guilty. Uh, turns out there were a lot of FBI informants and agents involved in that plot. We're going to be discussing it with the great Tudor Dixon, who, of course, ran against her for the governor of Michigan position. Uh, and Tudor will be joining us in the third hour of today's show. We're also going to have a grown-up talk with Paul Morrow about the indictment that came down yesterday of Hunter Biden. Hunter's a dirtbag. But right now the conversation revolves around electric vehicles. Danny down in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Danny. Hey, how's it going, man? My man. Uh, everything's hey. everything's good. What do you got? What do you know? Hey, love the show. Did you? Uh, I told you, call screener. You can pull up. Uh, Walmart actually built an electric semi Ooh. with a trailer, Ooh. but it's not cost feasible running seventy-five to eighty thousand pounds. Because just like today, I've been running since one a.m. on one tank of fuel. And I'll run till about three o'clock this afternoon without having to stop and refuel. Wow! Uh, 
Now, not cost equal, but pull it up on Google. It's cool looking. Walmart electric semi. All right, I got uh, I got to check it out. What is the battery the next weigh thing on? Is the the oh. union workers? Uh huh. I was a union member at one time. The union delegates and union leaders don't care about workers. They get their off of union dues. Once the union dues run out, they walk out on the company. The company may just close up plant, move to a state where they can get rid of the union. Uh, they can go from three cars in one job to one car and three jobs real quick. Wow, that's pretty That's pretty nuts to know, man. Um, I have seen the Walmart semi that you're talking about. It looks like a spaceship, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you sit right in the middle. Your mirrors are yep. all electronic. It's cool looking. They've got it at one of their yards. Well, let me ask but you this. It, it, it is an actual vehicle, actual full-size everything. Uh-huh. But it, but it can't go as far. And what are the what is a battery weigh in something like that? It must be a gazillion times. I, I have no no idea, but that's got to be a lot of weight. Yeah, the battery is the most of the weight of the vehicle. That would be that would but, be my guess. That's inc- that's incredible. Well, here's the thing: if they if you know if these vehicles could go as far, if these vehicles didn't cost twice as much, I mean, there'd be an appetite. But until they get them there, like forcing them on us is it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Well. Like I said, that's like me. I've been running to. I started at one a.m. this morning. Whoa. I'll shut down about three o'clock. I have not three o'clock. D- Danny, is that what time the strip clubs open in Tulsa? Three o'clock. Uh, I th- there's a couple of them that I pass <laughs> by. That I, I love you, Danny. <laughs> Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh yes, it sure is. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. I say this every day, top of the show, top of the hour. I'm trying to remind you guys, it's a great country. Got a lot of phenomenal things at our disposal. Uh, We just have the wrong people that happen to be in charge of it right now. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. Well, one of them uh, has just been indicted. Hunter Biden, of course, indicted on three federal gun charges yesterday. Uh, His father, of course, the vessel through which he sold influence in our government. We're going to be discussing not only the Hunter Biden indictment, but the potential impeachment ramifications for Joe Biden who is right now the subject of an impeachment inquiry. Retired NYPD Inspector Paul Morrow is going to stop by and put all of that into English. We'll also get into your calls, texts, tweets, and carrier pigeons. It's a big Friday. Tudor Dixon is coming by. We're doing it right. 888-788-9910 if you want a piece of this thing. Also, the phone number. If you don't want a piece of this thing, you just want to call up. <laughs> just want to call up and and re- tell me how you really feel. You suck, you jackass. Totally fine. Uh, you're all welcome. Eight 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 seven eight eight nine nine one zero. Let's talk about the Hunter Biden impeachment really quick. Uh, impeachment indictment, and uh, we will get into the impeachment as well. But uh, his attorney, okay, was on CNN, trying to sell the idea. That Joe Biden helping Hunter Biden wouldn't necessarily mean that Joe Biden was financially benefiting from that help. Come on, don't bullshit me. And the reason I say that is because Hunter Biden's business was selling government influence through his dad. That's true. That is true. So you mean to tell me Joe was going to, look, kid, I'll get on the phone with your business partners. I'll go to dinner. I'll meet these oligarchs. Okay, I'll pose for the photos. But I don't want any of the money. No, that's not. I mean, are you stupid or something? No, they think you are. They're insulting your intelligence. But listen to this clip. Okay, it is clip four. 
Can you categorically say that the president of the United States was not involved in those business dealings and did not profit from any of them? What I can say categorically is that the president has spoken to this issue and his spokespeople have, and they're the best people to do that. From our side of the equation, I can tell you that Hunter did not share his business with his dad. I can tell you that he did not share money from his businesses with his dad. And as the evidence out there, his dad, like all good parents, tried to help Hunter when Hunter needed that help. You're a bald-faced liar, a liar. You know, like all good parents, your kids sell an influence in Ukraine. Okay, you try to help them doesn't mean you want some of the money. I mean, come on. You are so full of sh**. But really quickly, he's a lawyer. I'll expand on this later in the show. He's a lawyer, okay? Lawyers speak in very carefully curated sound bites, and they position words in a way that will have them interpreted within the confines of the law, within the confines of the truth, okay? When she says, can you categorically say that the president was not involved in those business dealings and did not profit from them? He does not say the words, no. He doesn't say that. Okay, a lawyer, speaking carefully, why does he not say no? Because he knows Biden's involved on some level. Okay, what he does say is he can categorically say is the president has spoken to this issue. Yeah, he has spoken to this issue. And he's lied about it every single time. Bingo. Every single time. First, he told you there was no laptop. Then he told you there was no business. Then he told you he didn't talk to his business partners. Then he told you he didn't talk to his kid. Yeah, he's spoken to the issue, but every time he spoke to it, he was full of Okay, but the lawyer, again, is giving you a non-answer. What I can categorically say is the president's talked about this. Sure has. He sure has. And when he talked about it, he was lying. Okay, let me give you a little more. I can tell you Hunter did not share his business with his dad. What does that mean legally? It means they didn't have a document that said 50 for me, 50 for you. They didn't have a document that said you're a partner. Okay, but you understand if a kid is getting millions of dollars from foreign entities that are doing business with our government and the dad is a part of our government, okay, the dad is the reason the money's coming in. There's nothing to pay Hunter for. He's not in a declared business. So we know he's involved. But they're not ready to answer these questions. Okay, they'll lie. They'll speak to you in legalese. Okay, but here's the truth. The White House isn't prepared. KJP isn't prepared because they didn't sign up for a gig where they'd be subjected to scrutiny. They signed up for a gig where 99.9% of the press is liberal, so they're not going to come at you. Okay, but here's a newsflash. They're coming at them a little bit now. Why? Because a hit's been put out on the Biden administration and the media. They want to whack them right off the ticket. Now, understand, two things are in play. If the October filing deadlines come and go and Biden's not off the ticket, okay, the media will go back to saying he's the man, he's the best, he's better than any other Republican. The media is a bunch of losers. But all they're doing right now is trying to claw back some credibility so they can flush it back down the toilet when it's time to endorse another flawed candidate or, heaven forbid, this same candidate a second time. But here is Kevin McCarthy, okay, asked by one member of the media, about this inquiry, whether or not it's a witch hunt, whether or not they're jumping the gun, whether or not they've cheapened the process. Clip five. Congressman Issa said, came out and said that, that both Chairman Jordan and Comer were not able to present anything that was an impeachable offense at this point. Is that an assessment that you share? You know, where impeachment inquiry is not impeachment. So what impeachment inquiry is to do is to get answers to questions. Are you concerned about all the stuff that was just recently learned? Do you have any concern? Have you asked the White House any questions? Yes. Okay. 
Do you agree that, do you believe the president lied to the American public when he said he'd never talked to his son about business dealings? Yes or no? It's all right. You, you can't answer that? I mean, and what he's saying to the reporter is, You're an idiot! <laughs> Let me give you the rest of this exchange. It's clip six. Do you believe the $3 million from the Russian oligarch that was transferred to the shell companies that the Bidens controlled after the dinner from Cafe Milano took place? Okay, then I go back. Do you think the president lied that he, when he said... That an impeachable is lying and impeachable. Well, you want, you want to know... I'm not saying impeachment. All I'm saying is I would like to know, answer these questions. The American public ought to know, and that's what impeachment inquiry provides. So do you understand what they're doing? Okay. There's one half of the media that's asking the questions. There's another half of the media that's trying to kill off the impeachment. Why are they trying to kill off the impeachment? Because if he goes down for wrongdoing in Ukraine, if he goes down for lying about his business dealings in Ukraine, okay, the media goes down with him because they were in charge of covering this stupid thing up in the first place. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Okay, the media buried the Hunter Biden laptop story. They were like, no, we can't report on this. Sorry. Think about where we sit as a people. Think about the level of lie we've been forced to swallow on a broad scale in this society without ever going back and asking for any type of retribution, comeuppance, or acknowledgement of the truth. I'll give you a good one, the vaccine. Ah, you got to get the vaccine because the vaccine stops you from getting COVID. (laughs) Now, we will fire you from your job because you got to get this vaccine. You might not have an issue with COVID. You're young. But you got to get it because it stops you from getting COVID. But they fired people from their jobs for that, including first responders, nurses, healthcare workers that were out there treating this thing when we were all home watching Tiger King during the lockdowns. Fired them over a lie. You were forced to take medicine. You might not have wanted it in your body. Remember the My Body, My Choice crowd? Okay, they became the Your Body, Our Choice crowd for the purposes of the pandemic. That went on. Democrats are so full of crap. But we don't go back and acknowledge it. Okay, under, we do on this show, but understand, because I'm, I'm trying to bargain with both sides in good faith here. They interfered in the 2020 election by telling the public the Hunter Biden laptop was fake. We couldn't report on it. You can't put it on Facebook, can't put it on social media. By trying to bury everything in that laptop. We're talking about the gun charge he's now been indicted for, the tax evasion charges he was earlier trying to reach a plea plea agreement on, except a judge took one look at the shady plea agreement and said to herself, What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? They had a plea deal in place that was going to absolve him from future charges. Have you ever heard of that in the legal field? Nobody has. Nobody. Okay, and you understand they were doing that after a four-year investigation. So Hunter Biden lied on a federal gun form. Okay, if you lied on a federal gun form today, they they could indict you for it tomorrow. That is correct. Okay, if you lied demonstrably on a federal gun form today, depending on the time of day, they could indict you today. When you're right, you're right, and you're right. Hunter Biden was ultimately indicted on something, okay, that happened five years ago. Okay, that's not a legitimate election. That's not, you know, no one's above the law. That's not justice being blind. That's justice seeing a big, bold letter next to your name of R for Republican or D for Democrat. Trump's been indicted 91 times. A lot of them have to do with classified information. Trump, is he the first guy to mishandle classified information? The answer would be no. But he's a Republican. He's Trump. He's a threat to them. But here it is, the Hunter Biden thing. You need to know this, man. Okay, they don't want him going down. They do not want him going down for Ukraine. 
Okay, nobody wants to own what they did to you before the 2020 election, but they should have to, like as a country, as a society, as a people who just want to be having an honest conversation. This isn't a Republican point. It's not a Democrat point. It's an American point. Okay, we've been forced to swallow lies and then just move on with our lives as if we weren't lied to. Okay, we were told for three years Trump was a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. Wrong. Okay, when the Mueller probe came and went and they had nothing. They didn't even have Russian dressing in his fridge. Okay, it was a story planted in the media. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. But understand, okay, we didn't go back and go, hey, media, you lied. Hey, Democrats, you lied. Hey, intelligence community, you lied. We didn't go back. We just keep rolling on. If you don't pump the brakes and have some type of collective acknowledgement of the lie, they just keep on lying, and it tears the country apart, and that's where we find ourselves. Okay, here is Corrine Jean-Pierre flat out scolding a reporter for shouting about Hunter questions during the briefing. This is amazing. Clip seven. No evidence. None. He, that he did anything wrong. I mean, that is what we've heard over and over again from their almost year-long investigation. And, uh, and that's because the president didn't do anything wrong. Even, even, House, even House Republicans have said, have said, the evidence does not exist. The House Republicans have said that. No, to my no. friend in the back who just yelled at, which is incredibly inappropriate. Uh, but House Republicans have said that there doesn't, there doesn't, it doesn't exist. Their own investigation have actually debunked their ridiculous attacks. You told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life. Understand when she's speaking to the word salad of debunked their own testimony. They had none of that's true. Like none of it's even remotely close to true. Okay. What the Democrats are doing, and this is what's happening in our country writ large when it comes to politics. We're so divided now. That people are just tuning into their favorite news sources for confirmation bias. Tell me why I'm better than those other people. Okay, the Democrats run on self-righteousness. You can feed them self-righteousness, and it gives them permission to tune stuff out. Like when the Hunter Biden laptop surfaced, okay? Understand, Hunter Biden is indicted yesterday because of things that went on on his laptop. Okay, but there was a time in this country where people were telling you the laptop wasn't real. And they were willing to put it all to bed with, nah, it's been debunked, Russian disinformation. You know, these right-wing white supremacist racists are the ones spreading it, but it's debunked Russian disinformation. And the intellectually lazy people who run on moral superiority, who just tune into MSNBC every night to be told that you're a racist, you don't care about the country, you're destroying democracy, they were willing to nod their heads, yes, oh, no, it's debunked Russian disinformation. No, that's all it is. And they themselves interfered in our democracy by pulling a... Story that would have been the ultimate October surprise, a candidate literally selling influence in a foreign government, you know, through a far, you know, in a foreign country. OK, that's bombshell stuff. And that's stuff we now know to be real, which is why you've got 91 Trump indictments to kind of offset what's going on in the Biden family. I mean, it's bananas what's going on right now. OK, but when she says, oh, no, no the Republicans, they had their own investigation. They, they said it was fake. OK, that's not true. That's not linked to any no truth whatsoever. But that's something you feed the Democrats who don't want to do any critical thinking. They just want to know that they're better than you. They go, ah, oh, what are they wasting their time with this? Didn't you hear KJP, the woman who can't speak in a sentence without reading it out of a binder? No, no, honey. She told us the Republicans had an information. They know it's debunked. It's all been easily debunked. There's no evidence at all. Did you hear what she said today? Meanwhile, back at the ranch, this is what the Republicans are saying. Okay, here's clip 18. 
This isn't about political revenge. We have the bank accounts. We can see, ma'am, you can see that the homes that the Bidens own can't be afforded on a, on a congressional or Senate salary. You also understand that it's not normal for family members to receive millions of dollars from overseas interests. Those things aren't normal. That's not normal to have 20 shell country, companies. These things are not normal, and it alludes to not only just widespread corruption, but money laundering, if not influence peddling itself. And we also have the president, or the vice president at the time, on record saying that the prosecutor was fired. Well, son of a bitch, the prosecutor was fired, right? Because the prosecutor was going after the, the company that his son was working on. That's what we have. If you can't see that, if you are, if you are that blunt, look, I'll turn it over to the attorneys. People can't see that. They think it's political revenge. It's because you don't report on it. That's the media right there. Because you don't acknowledge it, okay, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. We're now playing pretend. Have you ever seen a little kid when it's like two years old and it says, that's, I'm hiding on you? But it's standing in front of you, the kid with his eyes closed. It's like something a two-year-old does. I'm hiding. Like, what do you mean? You're here. I'm looking at you. But little kids don't know. That's the media when it comes to the Biden scandals. No, no, we're hiding. You can't see us. There's no evidence. They're crazy. The show not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle. He's the other side's worst nightmare. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if you think they hate Joe Biden, you should hear what they're saying about Kamala. Here's Representative Jamie Raskin from Maryland. Asked whether or not Kamala is Biden's best running mate. How about this dodge? Clip 22. Do you think Kamala Harris is the best running mate for President Biden? That's President Biden's choice. And I think she's an excellent running mate uh, for President Biden. Um, You know, I don't know what more needs to be said about that. I actually think it's a pretty simple question. Do you think Kamala Harris is the best running mate for President Biden? Yes or no? I mean, I don't know what else I can say other than she you would say be yes. an excellent running mate <laughs> and an excellent vice president. Um, I don't know whether President Biden has named his uh, running mate. We're going to a convention uh, next summer. It's uh, uh, you know, a year away from now. Um, and we're going to go through that process. That is so embarrassing. I don't know if President Biden has named his running mate. You are so full of sh**. She's the vice president. She's out there campaigning. I'm ready to step in and do the job. They don't want to endorse her because the thing about politics, it's so transactional. And they're all getting the internal sense if they haven't already gotten the memo that nobody likes her. So they don't want to buddy up to her. It's like when they asked Pelosi, is your good running mate? And she said, well, he thinks so. Okay, here it is. It's clip 27. Is Vice President Kamala Harris the best running mate for this president? He thinks so, and that's what matters. And by the way, she's very politically astute. I don't think people give her enough credit. People shouldn't underestimate what Kamala Harris brings to the table. Do you think she is the, the best running mate, though? She's the vice president of the United States. So when people say to me, well, why isn't she doing this or that? I say, because she's the vice president. That's the job description. You don't do that much. Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbat. Totally. 
But when he asks her, is Kamala the best running mate? And she goes, well, Joe thinks so. That is not an endorsement of Kamala. If you're marrying a woman and you ask your mom, is she a good bride? Well, my son thinks so. That means your mom hates her. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon holding this country together. We got Tudor Dixon coming up in the next hour from the great state of Michigan. Her opening act hails from the <laughs> once great state of New York. Make New York great again. How about that? Uh, retired NYPD inspector. Fan favorite on the Fox Media platform. Paul Morrow back on the show. Hey, man. Hey. When was New York great? I mean, I've loved it here. I grew up here. There have been good moments, but I think, like, I'm a little depraved, as are you, in that I enjoyed Old Times Square. I don't know that anyone could make the argument it was great, though, could they? You know what it was, Jimmy? Yeah, it wasn't great, but there were parameters that you could navigate. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you kind of knew where to go, and if you behaved yourself, you likely wouldn't get into too much trouble. You'd be okay. Mm-hmm. The randomness, I always argue today, of, of today's New York is what is so troubling. You can go in do everything right and still get knocked on the head with a brick by some nut who's hearing voices. That's the problem. That's a crazy thing you say, because I was talking about the stat the other day that we know of. We've had over 2,500 incidents where people were randomly attacked in the city in the past year. So you're just walking down the street. All of a sudden, like you said, someone hits you with a brick or, you know, some hobbit runs after you and tries to swing a shopping cart at you. I mean, there's an argument to be made, though, that New York, you develop better reflexes here, right? No, you do. It's a, a great place to be, uh, you know, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. But <laughs> I have to th- the the number every block has a golem, and the, that's really not the way you want to live. And in the past, like I said, you knew what you know down in the village. You mm-hmm. had the punks and drug dealers, Times Square. You had a lot of prostitution. The mob ran it. It was semi-organized. You kind of knew the various, uh, you know, sort of danger zones, red zones and green zones. Yeah. Now it's just everywhere, and then you overlay the migrant crisis on it, and the whole place just becomes a crapshoot. Yeah, it is a mess. The situation over at the Roosevelt right now, so they had a protest, like an anti-immigrant protest today, yeah. uh, and they're screaming. And, you know, most of the sanctuary city stuff, as you know, it was posturing. When they initially declared themselves sanctuary cities, none of these places planned on ever having to house migrants. You know, a lot of this happened under Trump. They were actually cutting down on illegal immigration, so you didn't have to worry about 10,000 people being shipped in at the, you know, in a given month. But we're yeah. somewhere else now. Um, do you think this is going to backfire on Biden? Like, do you, are you sensing an appetite? Because they're, they're talking a lot of smack about Biden in the media, finally. Do you think, like, there was a mafia hit put out on him in the media? I think there was. And, you know, obviously it's it's the migrant thing. Mm-hmm. What's really happened here is that someplace deep in the DNC um, and, you know, not, neither one of the parties is as organized as people like to think. You know, we mm-hmm. like to think that there are these smoky rooms where there are people making the ultimate decisions. They're, they're not. They're mm-hmm. all elbowing each other aside and trying, you know, to satisfy their own wants and needs. But someplace in the Democratic apparatus, there seems to have been a shift to the idea that I don't think this guy can win. Mm -hmm. That's the real problem for them, because the polling is starting to come back, and even Trump is beating him. And when you've lost David Ignatius at the Washington Post, and make no mistake, Ignatius doesn't write that article unless he's been prompted to. He doesn't just go against the entire – he's a firm member of the swamp. All right, I doubt that guy leaves the beltway. And (laughs) for him to do that, he was told 
it's okay. This is kind of what we want. I don't know who's pulling the strings, but that's because you remember, usually Biden's pulling his strings. Yep. The problem for them is that Biden won't go. And it's not because he doesn't want to go. I actually believe in my heart of hearts that the guy would like to just go off to the beach, lick some ice cream cones and say, I did a great job. And the media will tell him that. And that's it. Mm -hmm. But he cannot leave because if he leaves, there's the possibility that all the Hunter stuff gets to him. He has to stay there at least past 5 November so that he can issue the pardons. If he loses, he's got three months before the transfer of power. He can still tra- uh, issue the pardons then for himself, for Jim, for Hunter, and that's it. You know, he didn't lose anything. He lost yeah. the election anyway, so what's he lost? If he wins, well, he's locked in for another four years. He issues the pardons. He hangs around for six months to make it look good. And then he says, you know what, uh, I'm getting too old, time with my family, the usual stuff, I'm yep. stepping down, my doctors tell me I'm in trouble, and you get President Kamala. Oh, goodness, could you imagine? Retired NYPD inspector Paul Morrow uh, is selling us a horror script right now, <laughs> if you just joined us. The writers are on strike, but he's still writing horror scripts. No one would say, it's crazy, because here's what I would argue, man. If Kamala was formidable in any way, they probably would have bounced Biden off the ticket for the simple fact that, A lot of the things the media is acknowledging, like you mentioned, David Ignatius, it's not new information. That's why I know a hit was put out because like, yeah, they thought he was too old a year ago. Two thirds of the country thought we were heading in the wrong direction two years ago. When you're reporting it now like it's news, it seems like, you know, there was a little little bit of a a whisper or something. It was a sit down, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, they can't. The problem is they can't trust Kamala because she has her own agenda. And even if it's not Kamala, if it's something else, let's just take a flyer and say it's Newsom. You can't trust him either. But Kamala is obviously the best positioned. And anybody that has their own interests here can't be totally trusted to carry the water for the Bidens. Because if the stuff emerging from the Comer investigation is bad enough, the optic will look terrible for the pardoner. Kamala is not going to take the seat. I mean, could she? Sure. But it's bad politics. For her to take the seat now mm-hmm. or even, you know, post November 5 and then issue a blanket pardon. Why does she want to do that if, it's, if the optic is terrible? Because as more and more comes out, the optic is getting worse and worse, right? Yep. Certainly before the election, she cannot take that seat and say, oh, and by the way, now that I'm the new president, I'm running in 2024 to be your president for the next four years. But before we get to uh, 5 November of next year, let me pardon all the Bidens for everything they did that we know about and don't know about. She'll never win. So they can't trust her now. Wow. And I really think that he's locked in. I think he'd like to leave, but he can't. He's got to protect the enterprise. It's so crazy. Like we're, we're living at a time where guys are running for president just for the legal indemnification. That's, a, that, <laughs> that's right. It, the, the whole thing really smacks of, I mean, it's very much like a mafia. Case. Yes. You know, it really is because they, if you notice, they're keeping Hunter – all of a sudden, Hunter is living at the White House, holding babies, smiling for the camera, had nice, happy – they're keeping him close. Mm-hmm. Hunter was complaining in his emails how he's out of money. Yeah. And yet now he's living in a Malibu townhouse, a, a house on the mountains out there with all his Hollywood buddies. I have no idea how he's paying for that. Yeah. He doesn't have a, if he has a law license, he's not using it. He certainly shouldn't no. have a law license at this point. So they're funding him. They're keeping him close because they can't afford a flip. He flips – and you read his emails, uh-huh. you read the stuff that's already public, there's no love loss between yeah. Jim, him and Jim, the uncle. He does not like Jill. 
yeah. right? He outright hates Jill, uh-huh. and that's in the in the conversations. Wow. And he seems to be quite ambivalent about that as well. If the, if this was actually the mob, like they would have whacked one of these people by now. It's crazy. Oh yeah, the, <laughs> the, the whole thing is very dangerous to them. And you got a got you got this very weak guy at the top uh-huh. that you have to keep there. And you know they could get rid of him six November. He could they could yeah. say you know what step down on six November. But by the way, on your way out, sign this part and get us all out of this. That is amazing. We're talking to Paul Morrow. Uh, And I know it's true. And I think the internal calculus for the DNC, okay, is that, you know, they want Biden to be the president because it gives them a lot more power behind the scenes than they traditionally have with someone who is more able minded and present. But I think, the yeah, but the risk assessment basically just becomes, but can he actually win? I mean, they're concerned because, like you said, the polls, they're in a bad spot right now, especially when you consider there's two weird commentaries here. The fact that Trump under 91 different indictments, 91 different charges is still there beating Biden is a sad commentary on Biden. But I consider that a sadder commentary on the Department of Justice because their integrity has to fall quite a bit for 91 indictments not to not to matter. No. Yeah, I think so. And you know who hasn't helped that integrity, uh, perception of integrity, is uh, Weiss, you know, the special prosecutor. Mm -hmm. Um, Because any pardon better include him, Mm -hmm. because that guy, from where I sit, in my opinion, is part and parcel of this RICO. His uh, five years for a gun charge where you have photos of the perp holding the gun and smoking crack, and that's the charge? I'm, using uh, narcotics while you have the gun, you know, while you have the, when you applied for the gun license. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a de facto case. It's yeah. de fact he's de facto guilty. You show that to the jury, you're done if he goes to trial. So, you know, five years for that? Are you kidding? They could have brought it on. You know, the day three they could have brought that. So it's utterly outrageous. He has acted in the interests. And the thing is, people think there's got to be some big smoking gun. Yeah. You know, they have to find the big uh, email, the phone call that went from Biden White House to uh, Weiss or to Merrick Garland. No. Folks, they know what to do. Yes. It's, it's baked into the cake. They know what's expected of him. Weiss knows why he was put there. Mm-hmm. He knows why they gave him special counselor status so that he brings these gun charges because he has to. Narika made him do it. Mm-hmm. So now he has to bring those. But they're challengeable. Yeah. They're going to be appealed. You got this case out of the Fifth Circuit that says under the new SCOTUS decision regarding the Second Amendment mm-hmm. that – Maybe you can't prohibit a narcotics user from having a gun license. So that's going to be an appealable thing. It'll take forever. The gun gets them past 5 November. If the gun doesn't implicate Joe Biden, although I would say, remember something, Mm -hmm. Secret Service went out looking for that gun Mm -hmm. in 2018. Joe wasn't vice president then. What's the Secret Service doing running around looking for that gun for Hunter Biden? They find it in a garbage can. You know, Haley comes along and finds it in the garbage can outside of 7-Eleven. So, you know, there's that, but it's probably not chargeable. But the bottom line is it doesn't implicate Joe. So they'll bring the gun charges, make a lot of noise, keep the tax stuff and all the money stuff, which is where the real danger to Joe is. Keep that on the shelf. Try to let statutes run out. Keep pushing it and pushing it. Five November, all his options come back on the table. I can pardon everybody. I can leave. I can pardon everybody. I can stay. If I lose, I can pardon everybody and go back to Rehoboth Beach, buy some ice cream, and that's it. They'll write books telling me how great I was. <laughs> this is the this is the most bizarre season of The Sopranos ever. 
It really, it really <laughs> is. I, I, you know, I don't know. Now, listen, let, let me just add one caveat. Uh-huh. There is a scenario where we salvage the American criminal justice system and the integrity of the Beltway, which uh-huh. is the following. A Republican mm-hmm. wins, and this mm-hmm. is a long shot. A yep. Republican wins. Maybe it's Trump. Maybe it's not. It's probably Trump if it's a Republican. The pardon can be challenged. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit untested law. Ooh. But if a pardon has been issued for, quote, unquote, corrupt or impeachment reasons, mm-hmm. you have a very strong case. Wow. And you can take that into DOJ and say this, this pardon was unconstitutional, and it's off the table. Here's why that's interesting. Uh-huh. Trump will do it because he's, a, he's not yeah, exactly yeah, I mean, known for, to be for being forgiving. Yeah. If he charges a RICO, right, which is conceivable here, mm-hmm. it comes with restitution. He can take all this ill-gotten money. And I, I'm Trump, and I'm thinking the way Donald Trump tends to think. Now, at that point, the country may be past it all, and we yeah. want to just move on to get the Biden nightmare. But that's hovering over this as well. I only mention because it's just another vector in this whole thing. Yeah. They could lose all of this stuff. And, you know, Biden's got five houses. Hunter's got money. God knows where. They can go after all that. Jim, you notice Jim is in witness protection along with uh, yeah. you know the special prosecutor on the Biden document stuff and along with Bobolinsky and Archer. But someplace there's a WITSEC for everybody related to Biden. This but Jim, crazy. all of these guys, they're living high on the hog. Yeah. That whole enterprise could come down. So wow. it's uh, it's a battle royale, my friend. <laughs> this is awesome. it's like a cage, but it's Hulk Hogan. It's you know, <laughs> and with some other wrestler. I don't know. Tyrus Biden. versus Tyrus. Oh, wow. Well, Tyrus retired. So maybe he'd be doing play by play. And that'd be just as well. But yes, it's this is epic. Biden is the godfather. He made somebody an offer he couldn't understand. I love it. <laughs> That's true. The odd father. The odd father. There it is. Paul Morrow, great stuff as always, man. I'll talk to you over the weekend. All right, my friend. Take care. Thanks, brother. The great Paul Morrow. There he goes. Uh, there we go. Back with your calls after this. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. If you want to be a part of this shindig, Teresa does. She's out in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yo, Teresa. Hey, radio buddy. Good to see you, girlfriend. How are you living? Good to see you. It's been so long. I know. I'm trying not to get emotional. It's a whole to do. I know. I figured <laughs> you missed me. I had to call in. There's that. Uh, what are you What are you <laughs> seeing out there, boo? What's happening in Grand Rapids? Well, you know, I was going to, when I called in, I was like, we need to lighten the mood. Let's tell some jokes or something. But that interview, that was powerful. <laughs> I mean, the guy literally dumbed down a whole corrupt dynasty yep. in about six minutes yes isn't that crazy and that's, that is but, phenomenal but that is reality like that's what we're doing here that's what's going on and that's why you have Paul it's, not, it's freaking scary is what that is i know it is it is spooky like i will i'll wow. give it it's not it's a such an insane time to be alive but the reality you know, i'm literally you know, sitting here with my jaw open mm-hmm yeah, why is he wanting to run? Oh, I get it now. Yeah. And then my next question is, well, find a candidate that will pardon him. Yeah. Well, nobody wants to fall on that sword. You know, it's like Paul Morrow had an answer for every scenario. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. Fascinating. No, it is. and But it's also reality. Is like we're in this spot now where 
he's told so many lies that are proven lies that they're right. down to like these weird defenses. You know what I mean? It went, it went right. from there is no laptop, there is no business, all the way up to find there's a business. He called the business partners, he met with them, but he wasn't getting money. Which you understand when the story changes that much, it's not changing right. because he was telling the truth at any point during the story. You know, but we we all know this about lies. Lies yep. have to compound each other. Yes, they have to. Yep, that's the way the stories go. Yep, that's the problem, oh. and that's what we're oh, watching. You were with who last night? Why? Oh, and then the story just keeps going and going. Yep, same way. It's amazing because as goofy as this show oh, is, we're the ones that are actually getting to the heart of things. Well, we're the ones that are getting screwed too. <laughs> well, is that uh, and not in a good way, <laughs> Teresa? Not in a good way. <laughs> No, gotta, no, not we, at all. We got to work that out. I'll make some. Listen, <laughs> I'll make some phone calls during the commercial breaks. Next hour, we're gonna get screwed the old-fashioned way, you guys. A happy Friday, <laughs> Teresa. I love you, baby. Be well. Love you. We'll do it again. There she goes, the great Teresa. But she's telling you the truth, man. She's telling you the truth. We're getting screwed. Were it not for someone like Paul uh, Paul Morrow who could give you true perspective, it's really hard to make sense of this. But you understand, like when Paul Morrow comes on. And he breaks down all the motivations, all the moving parts, and all the reasons for Biden to operate the way he does. He's not doing that as a Republican. He's not doing that as a political strategist. He's doing that as an American, a guy who served in uniform for 35 years in the NYPD in our counterterrorism unit. Do you understand? When a guy who works in counterterrorism starts telling you about foreign shakedowns and dirty oligarch money and ways to hide it, Okay, he's telling you that from a place of expertise. He's not a screamer and yeller. You know what I mean? This is not like a a hothead pundit that's just trying to sell you agitation. Like we're giving you this stuff and we're still trying to laugh about it along the way because it's like a coping mechanism. But that's not what we are. This show is not an agitation factory. It's a place to have a reasoned discussion about what's going on in the world. And the truth is, you know, as Teresa said, You know, the good news is we're all getting screwed. Yeah, the bad news is it's by, like, the cast of The View. Not pretty, you guys, Uh, but we will try to clean it up in the next hour. Tudor Dixon is coming by, and we're going to get further into this United Auto Workers strike. We were told, you know, Union Joe, he's got the whole thing under control. 13,000 guys Walk off the job, and a big part of it has to do with the government interfering with production. That's what's going on as we speak. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. On a big Friday. In the greatest country in the world. What a wild time to be alive. The president has dementia. His kids going to jail. The auto workers are on strike. And I know what you're thinking. Who's ready for some comedy? (laughs) If ever there was a time to yuck it up, it is today. The world's on fire. We are roasting radio marshmallows in this hour with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. And I, of course, I'm going to get some backup from Tudor Dixon. She was a GOP gubernatorial candidate in Michigan, uh, wound up losing to Gretchen Whitmer. 
uh, much to the chagrin of the universe, because Gretchen Whitmer's awful. Gretchen, Gretchen Whitmer, I can't even speak English. It's been a long week, ladies and gentlemen. You know, some TV, some radio. Do you speak any English? I do, but it gets worse as the week goes on. 888-788-9910. If you want to help me through this hour, Tudor joining us halfway through. But we, of course, begin on a Friday with some you and me time. And just so you know, a programming note. Uh, Normally, my son Lincoln closes the show on Friday and previews uh, the weekend's high school football games, uh, the one he's playing in, as well as the ones I'm likely betting on. Uh, Lincoln will not be joining us because his game is not tomorrow this week. His game has been moved to Monday, so you can expect the Link Man on Monday's show if you are a fan of all things Lincoln. I'm just reading the disclaimer that his agent gave me today via email. But right now, not about Lincoln, not about me. Uh, It is, (laughs) wow, it is about this country, which I have to tell you, if you look, take one lap around America right now, just a quick look and you come home and what do you say as you catch your breath? That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. Uh, Just a disaster. Okay. Start with where we are in politics. Okay. If you haven't seen the clip by now, Hunter Biden's attorney last night makes it onto CNN. CNN is the worst. But why are they there? Okay, the attorneys are showing up to CNN because they expect favorable, you know, coverage. They expect a softball interview, no real pushback. And that's where they go to deliver. And I mean this. Okay, I went to the circus as a kid in the 80s. Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey had a fake unicorn. It was called Lancelot. It was like a goat in a party hat. (laughs) (laughs) It was. It was amazing. It was called the Living Unicorn. And my parents took me to the circus to see it. It was a big deal. I went to the circus a lot as a kid. I've never seen the level of clown work that you see in modern politics, whether you're talking about the people who cover it, the people who are running to be a part of it, or the attorneys who wound up defending all of them at the end of the day. It is we are in the golden age of media clownery. So here is Hunter Biden's attorney. I want to start here and I'll make my way around the horn saying straight up, yeah, Hunter Biden's getting him and, you know, he's led to an impeachment inquiry against his dad. Uh, But Joe Biden was not involved in his son's businesses. He was just trying to help out like all good parents would. Do you understand Hunter Biden's business as the IRS whistleblower testimony says is selling influence in our government? Hunter Biden's business partners, Tony Bobolinsky, okay, Devin Archer, both say Hunter's business, the one they were in with him, was selling influence in the government, okay? His attorney's now admitting, yeah, Hunter had this business. He's raking in all kinds of foreign money. Like all good dads, Joe Biden helped him sell influence in Joe Biden's government. But that doesn't mean he was taking a cut. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. But are you following the cascade of bull? Okay, seriously, a cascade of bull. That's what it is. It started out with there is No laptop. Is no business. Wouldn't know his business partners. Never talk to the kid. Now we're down to, okay, laptop's real. There's a business. I've talked to the business partners, but it was only about the weather. I've talked to the kid, but not because I was getting money. I was just trying to help. 
That's what we're being told now. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. Oh, they are totally peeing on your leg. They're telling you it's raining, and along the way they're saying climate change caused the rain. There has never been a higher level of clownery. Like, you know sometimes when you go to the beach, they have tide warnings that day? Like, God, it's, it's a mild tide. It's aggressive. It's rough tide. They have, like, a color system. They should have that on cable news now. Okay, like you get a weather report at the, at the beginning of the day. You know, high chance of denial out of the Biden camp. <laughs> it's a, woo, low cloud ceiling, strong chance of hypocrisy blowing in. Here is, okay, Lowell, the uh, Biden attorney on CNN. Listen to this clip. This is magnificent. Clip four. Can you categorically say that the president of the United States was not involved in those business dealings and did not profit from any of them? What I can say categorically is that the president has spoken to this issue and his spokespeople have, and they're the best people to do that. From our side of the equation, I can tell you that Hunter did not share his business with his dad. I can tell you that he did not share money from his businesses with his dad. And as the evidence out there, his dad, like all good parents, tried to help Hunter when Hunter needed that help. You are so full of sh- So Hunter's, okay, when he needed help, Hunter's selling influence in the United States government. Okay, and during those eight years, Joe Biden as vice president. I don't remember that ever happening. It did, though. He was vice president. During those eight years, okay, he's vice president. Hunter Biden is selling influence in our government. Like all good dads, Joe tried to help him, but he didn't actually get a cut of the money. Come on, don't bullshit me. Okay, the money was for access to Joe. Do you understand? Joe has now admitted, they have admitted, he made 22 separate calls to Hunter's business partners. But apparently it was just to talk about the weather, just to help Hunter. The deliverable was Joe. Okay? They got, they paid Hunter for that deliverable. They got access to our sitting vice president. This was absolutely an influence peddling scheme. I don't know that it, you know, rises to the level of criminality because there's a lot of legalese in here. Okay, but make no mistake about it. We've now uncovered so much evidence. Like, you'd have to be weapons-grade stupid to play along with this charade. Okay, but understand this. When a lawyer is speaking, a lawyer is always speaking with the law in mind. They're always speaking in legalese. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. Why do I say that? Okay, because he says a very specific word, a very specific word here that's not telling you Joe didn't get paid. That's not telling you Joe didn't financially benefit. He's saying a very specific word that gives him plausible deniability. He says, I can, so this is the question. Can you categorically say President of the United States was not involved in those business dealings and did not profit from any of them? His answer is not no. Okay, can you categorically say the President was not involved in those business dealings didn't profit from any of them? His answer is not no. I think he's got a point. Okay. What he does say is what I can categorically say, meaning he can't say no. He can't say no. They speak in legalese. Every word is carefully curated and combed over to indemnify them from the laws themselves. Okay. He can't say no. Okay. What I can say categorically is the president has spoken to this issue. Oh, what does that mean? That has nothing to do with whether or not he made money. Yes, he's mentioned it. He said it's right. He's spoken to this issue. You're leaving out the fact that he lied about this issue. Correct the mundo. No, no, the president's spoken to this issue. Yeah, he has. He said it was Russian disinformation. That was a lie. He said he never talked to his son about his business. That was a lie. He said he never talked to his son's business partners. That was a lie. He said I've never met him in person. That was a lie. So technically, yes, I will give you a credit. He has spoken to the issue. Has he told the truth about the issue? The answer would be no. Not even a little. 
Okay, but then take it a step further. Okay, I can tell you that Hunter did not share his business with his dad. Did not share his business. That does not mean they didn't speak about it. That means he did not share his business. Like they weren't technically registered in business together. That is what he means when he says did not share his business. I can tell you there's no document that says 50 for me, 50 for you. But again, is that a denial that he was getting paid? The answer would be no. No. And the best one, which sounds like the Trojan horse word that's supposed to throw you off the scent altogether is, I can tell you that he did not share money from his business with his dad. Okay. Money. Okay. Means cash. Okay. You know what it doesn't mean? Him paying Joe's bills with the money. Okay. Him having his own personal account managers manage the Biden finances and invest them in places where Hunter was sitting on intel from Burisma. Wire it through shell accounts. Do it through bank transfers. He is talking about direct bags of cash from Hunter to Joe. Is he saying Joe didn't get paid? The answer would be no. No, not even close. It's legalese. It's like the Pelosi clip from yesterday. Is Kamala Harris a good running mate for Biden? Pelosi goes, well, he thinks so. And that's all that matters. Well, he thinks so is not you think so. (laughs) She was basically saying, no, Kamala sucks. Okay, and to be clear, I think most people would agree with her. Kamala is a lying sociopath, fact-checked. But you understand they're lawyers. They speak in legalese. They speak in carefully curated sound bites that allow them to steer the conversation in the direction they want it to go in. Okay, the only person that isn't minding their words is the actual president of the United States. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. Okay, I mean, really think about this. This is Biden, okay, speaking in Maryland about teaching at the University of Pennsylvania. Did Biden teach a class at the University of Pennsylvania? (laughs) Not even one, okay, not even a guest lecturer, okay? He never taught there. But here it is, clip 19. Our democracy is under attack, and we got to fight for it. I taught at the University of Pennsylvania for four years, and I used to teach political theory. And folks, you always hear every generation has to fight for democracy. The man is insane. He's not responsible for himself. Okay, Joe Biden, just so you know, and this is a documented fact, he was not a teacher at the University of Pennsylvania. What happened is he's a weapons-grade liar, like a borderline sociopath. And understand, okay, he started out in politics in the 70s where the things you said in a room didn't travel outside the room. The people heard it and walked away. It wasn't on the Internet five seconds later because someone took a cell phone video. It wasn't on the news 10 minutes later because there were cameras everywhere, okay? You could just lie all over the country. Tell the people in Pennsylvania one thing. Tell the people next door in Delaware another. No one would ever be the wiser. Okay, he still campaigns as if he's grandfathered in to that same set of functionalities. Okay, we're not there anymore. But a guy who has always been a lying sociopath, of course, does not suddenly start telling you the truth when it comes to an influence peddling scheme that involves him and his family. Are you the big man, Joe? It's proven beyond a reasonable doubt of any suspicion whatsoever that he is. Okay, but that's also why when you see all of the lying, when you see all of the clowning, when you see all of the chicanery, that is also why as this United Auto Workers strike gets crazy, 
Okay, Biden really doesn't have any influence with either side. He's supposed to be Union Joe, but is the union actually listening to what he says in this moment? The answer would be no. No. Okay, especially not when the Ford CEO is flat out saying, hey, we're not going to give these guys the raise they want if it's going to cut into our ability to produce electric cars. And that's the grift of electric cars. It's crushing American workers. Most of the infrastructure for them is manufactured in China. Okay, understand at the end of the day, no matter where these things are put together, they still run on fossil fuels. So it's all a charade. It's a charade designed to make the people at the top of the climate change pyramid get some money. Money, 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 money. You know, just like Joe Biden did, shaking down other governments through his son. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, maybe. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it. You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking with Tudor Dixon in the next break about the big hullabaloo in her home state of Michigan. We are talking about the UAW going on strike. Here is Jim Farley speaking to RFBN earlier today. He's the president of the Ford Motor Company. And uh, he says there's no way we're doing any of this stuff with 35. There's no way we can pay people $300,000 to work four-day work weeks. We would have lost $15 billion and closed you know, most of our plants in the last couple of years. That's not a future. So we're not going to do a deal like that. There's a, a different line, a line in between those two things. And, but you can't negotiate with yourself. Now understand, the different line between those two things, just so you understand... <laughs> is the truth, uh, which he is not entirely telling you right there. Uh, It's a mischaracterization of the union's position to say they want $300,000 for four days a week. I don't doubt that there's a specialist position that might have that type of operating setup. But on the whole, when these strikes go public, it's all a game of posturing now. The people on one side say these guys want too much. They're greedy. Who the hell could expect that out of them? You don't get that out of your own job. The people on the other side go, well, you're making too much money. It's the same thing going on with the Hollywood writer strike right now. Everybody's on strike right now. It is madness, okay? But the reality, the consequence here is that these plants being closed, these industries shutting down, okay, the government's influence on the private sector is what's driving a wedge between these companies and their productivity, Okay, the government is telling every every auto auto manufacturer what type of cars they need to make. The government is telling every manufacturer when they're going to phase out specific gas powered vehicles. Okay, the government in at a state level is talking about taxing people by the mile. You know, all of these things that are going on to make the world more climate friendly. But are we actually fixing the climate in any way, shape or form? The answer would be no. Guys, just so you understand, no one can control the weather. Okay. That's like something a wizard tells you before you slap a straitjacket on him on the subway and put him in a home for 48 hours till the acid wears off. But that's what we're dealing with now. But to the credit of the Ford CEO, Jim Farley, here he is talking about the potential economic impact, clip 36. Just because a plant goes down doesn't mean it's going to come back up quickly. Uh, Sometimes it takes days or weeks 
to for a plant to come back up. We learned this from COVID, actually. And uh, so this could be very destructive for the business. But also the UAW may get surprised along the way because it takes a long time for a plant to come up to speed. Yep, It's no question. OK, it will take time. But why are we in this position? OK, again and again and again. OK, when it comes to Washington, they're not here to solve our issues. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Totally. Okay, and then they'll let, well, you know, the economy screwed up. Okay, they caused this problem with the government shutdowns. Okay, they caused this problem with vaccine mandates that left places short-staffed, mask mandates. Okay, the government, the government leaning on the private sector is what ultimately gunks up the private sector. Okay, that's where we find ourselves where we are. Okay, there's more in between the lines here, okay, that we're going to get into at a brass tax level with Tudor Dixon because it's her home state. She's joining us next. We bring in an actual expert. But the thing you need to remember again and again and again is there's nothing you can point to that's better because the government got involved. Okay, they made COVID worse. They made schooling worse. They made the border worse. They made the economy worse, okay? They're actually making the environment worse because when you outsource our domestic energy production, we actually import it from places that produce it filthier than we do, and it costs additional fuel just to get it here. That's stupid. Use your common sense. And along the way, you economically sell us out to China, empower our biggest geopolitical foes, and the only thing we have to show for it is a bunch of people who were going on strike because Washington couldn't take its thumb off the scale. Thanks, big government weenuses. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up to talk to this next guest. One of the few people not on strike right now in the state of Michigan, the host of the Tudor Dixon podcast, back on the show. Tudor Dixon is here, and the crowd goes wild. Hey, Tudor. Hey, thanks for having me. I couldn't hear you. There was a beach ball being hit. People were weeping and sobbing. Like, you have an impact on people. <laughs> Emotionally. Thank you. Uh, well, right now, Michigan is hoping someone will have an impact on oh! people so we can get back to work. Tudor, coming out of the gate swinging. I love it, girlfriend. All right, let's have this talk. So we've got a strike. 13,000 people have walked out the job. I've kind of given them a 20,000-foot view. Uh, what is the view at your level right there in Michigan? Look, I think there are two sides of this coin. Obviously, there always are when there's a negotiation, but but we keep hearing the big three, the big three automotive companies saying, come to the table and give us something that we can actually work with. And I think that I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, we we are thinking about the workers and this has to be the big three have to share their profits. And I get that. But I think we also have to step back and say, look at this situation, the average salary at these companies is 78,000. Right now you're having these auto workers, the auto workers union, the the union boss come out and say, I will accept nothing less than a 46% raise and a 32 hour work week. We are talking about multi-billion dollars. Mm -hmm. And you've got, for example, the CEO of Ford, he came out and he said, listen, we've agreed to 20%. I want he he said this because he wanted to talk directly to the workers because mm. the workers are hearing one thing from the union boss. I get it. But you've got the company saying 
We've agreed to a 20% raise. We've agreed to five weeks of vacation, 15 personal days. These people are going to, they're not going to have a tiered worker system anymore. Mm -hmm. And he said, we have to also consider staying in business. Let's remember that this is an industry we had to bail out not too long ago. This industry also affects um, almost every American because we all drive cars every day. Mm -hmm. And when there are no cars, it hurts. And when you are in Michigan, when you have 13,000 people striking, it hurts over 100,000 jobs. Tudor Dixon is on the line telling it like it is. Uh, do you think it helps that the government is forcing manufacturers to produce more EVs? This is what you hear from these companies right now. And I think we have to be very honest about this. They're saying, you're telling us, give 100% of our profits back to the people. At the same time, you're telling us, we are going to mandate that your regular industry is going to be over soon. And you have to somehow create a vehicle that is going to be cost effective and is going to use a different type of energy and is going to be something that can, the consumer is going to want. There's a lot of, 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 of in, innovation that has to happen to do that. And that, ha that has to be paid for. And these companies are saying, hey, we're not so sure we want to just hand over all profits right now when we don't know what you over here, Mr. Government, is going to do. And let's, let's be honest, these politicians, they don't care whether the company is able to do this because the, the union is paying for them to get reelected. So they don't care what, what the company is going to say, and they don't care that these three companies are also connected to like 85% of other businesses in the state of Michigan. They don't care about that because they're looking for who is going to pay for their next reelection. Now, you'll notice Gretchen Whitmer has said very little. Mm -hmm. She put out a tweet that was like, I stand with the UAW. That's it. Why? Because Gretchen Whitmer's not running for office right now. She doesn't need their millions at the moment. So she's not going to go out there on the picket line. She just wants to stay in the background so that when she's doing her next election, she can then come out and say, oh, I'm going to help you pick it. I'm going to be all about the working man. She doesn't care. But her entire state is fall, falling because of this right now. Her own administration just put something out saying that there will be no job growth in the state of Michigan to 2030. 2030 is four years past her term. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like, you know, we've all been around people who let themselves go. You know what I mean? You get a little fat over the holidays or something. I've never seen a society let themselves go. But that's what you're watching in, like, states like that. Because that's what's going on in New York right now. And I was, you know, I spent a good amount of time in L.A. over the summer. And uh, it's, it's bizarre because you have to be at a leadership level. You have to be indifferent to the workers to actually take the positions they're taking because it's very much being done to the detriment of the workers, like you said, uh, because they're not being forced to care. That's my greatest frustration. I mean, is there any hope that maybe a leader from the Republican side of the aisle could emerge in Michigan to right the ship someday? Well, I would say, you know, I haven't heard much from Republicans on this either. So I'm okay, wondering, fair. you know, where do the Republicans stand on this right now? Because I think everybody in this country right now, all of the leaders of this country who are all about freedom and all about capitalism and all about private business are the ones that are afraid to come out and say, you know what? We actually believe companies are allowed to make profits in this country. Everybody's afraid to say that right now. Profits don't mean that you starve the workers, but these people are making 
way more, the majority of these workers are way, making way more than the average worker in the state of Michigan. And they've just been offered a 20% raise and they held up the middle finger. And I think the rest of workers in Michigan are going, are you kidding me? We're not even close to that. And you're saying that you won't allow these companies to make a profit. At what point are we going to stand up and say, actually in America, we do allow that. We do allow that. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, when you say the workers say no to a 20% raise, is that the union um, speaking for yes, the workers? That, that, yeah. That's what you're right. That's yeah. a, a valid point. That's why you see the CEOs of Ford and, and GM coming out and talking on television and saying, this is what we're offering you because the workers aren't involved in that negotiation. And that's the that's the interesting part about unions. Uh-huh. You don't get to sit down with your boss and say, hey, I think this is my value, and I've done more than the guy next to me, and I just want you to understand my value. That's, you, don't, you give that up yeah. because the union has decided they're going to negotiate on your behalf. And so how many of these people right now are out of work making $500 a week rather than their normal salary, and they're extending it? See, see they would have – they would have only been able to strike for 11 weeks if they decided to strike at all of the plants. But since they're just striking at a few of the plants, they can extend this strike because they have this this fund. So they can extend the strike for weeks at a time. And these people are just going to be, you know, they'll be back at, to work and back home. They'll, it will be a constant delay of pay in their lives. They'll get their normal pay and then their plant will go on strike again and they'll go back to $500 a week. And I'm sorry... But if somebody is saying to me, hey, how about for the next 50 weeks, we go back and forth and you get $500 a week and then your normal salary and then you go back or you get a 20% raise overall on five weeks of vacation, I might want to make the choice for myself to say I'd go with a 20% raise. Mm -hmm. I'm with you there. Uh, Listen, uh, you know, the economics of this, they make me think there's got to be like for real at some level. How do you solve the impasse? You know, you clearly, you know, you have a strong opinion on what you think the workers should do. But how do you actually get them to do it? Like, is this the situation where the president needs to step in? Who needs to step in? I think that you you have a governor in the state of Michigan who has taken millions of dollars to run elections over the years from the hardworking union workers. It's come from their wages. They've mm-hmm. paid to get her into office. Mm-hmm. She needs to be sitting down with these guys and explaining to them, look, you have to you have to negotiate. This guy who is the leader of the union right now, I hate to tell him, but take a look at what happened to Yellow when you had the Teamsters who decided that they were going to strike and Yellow Trucking said, we don't have the money. We're going out of business. And I'm not saying that the big three are going to do that. Yep. But take a look at what they've been doing. They've been moving to non-union states. Mm-hmm. And there's a really good chance that that happens to Michigan. And Gretchen Whitmer would be directly responsible. And she has not said a word. She has not sat down with him. This is her state. Their headquarters are in her state. And she is sitting there. And she's making TikTok videos at the auto show. I mean, talk about tone deaf. Yeah. Look at me in the brand new vehicle here. Oh, never mind the fact that the whole industry is about to go up in flames. Mm-hmm. Well, and I will defend her just to say the auto show is almost over, so she will be out on the boat soon. <laughs> it's not all auto show. I'm sure there's some recreation coming up, as other types of recreation as well. Like, in fact, the TikTok videos are going to go down because you lose Wi-Fi when the boat gets far enough out there. You know that, right? 
That's right. That's right. Well, I'm sure she'll be working on getting some sort of a 5G tower out in Lake Michigan soon enough. Yes. No. <laughs> that's funny. Well, Tudor, you know, you know, fan favorite on this show. If you wind up running for something again, you got to give me a heads up so I can destroy all the tapes of us talking on TV and radio. <laughs> it's like, all of the most damaging oppo research occurs on this show. Uh, but no. <laughs> But, you know, some would argue it's endearing. You know, in another era, maybe damaging. Maybe in this era, it's endearing. Uh, back to school really quick. Have they masked up your kids yet in Michigan or no? You know, my kids, they, I have choice their school. I'm one of those parents, mm-hmm. the the choice parents. I mean, I, me and the Chicago Teachers Union boss. So we are both <laughs> choice. Yeah. Is, <laughs> so, is that your favorite so thing in the world? Kids, Everybody oh, out oh there. Oh, my gosh. Tutor everybody who says like, ah, no, we can't have school choice is everybody. It seems like literally every person that says that as a kid in private school. I love how she's like, well, that was for sports. I'm like, yes, yes, we agree. That is one of the (laughs) options. One of the lovely options that you get with choice. It's so so funny because they try to it's the craziest thing in the world because like they they try to have this like semantic debate. I'm like, but they're actually making the argument for you. I think the term the kids use is a cell phone. Uh, So the last it it was a cell phone. She's like, but then she goes, you know, we did this for sports, but school choice is inherently racist. And I'm like. I, do you did you see what you just did to yourself there? <laughs> it's so bizarre, <laughs> but it's amazing because no one's listening to themselves what they're doing, and it worked for a long time. Okay, buzzwords worked for a long time. Like you could say it's inherently racist, and the average person would be like, "Well, I don't want to be associated with this racism, so I guess I'll you know oppose school choice." But now people are listening because it's so performatively stupid, and they're like, "Wait, I what did you?" How- yeah. I love how the host that's interviewing her, her face turns into a an emoji right on the screen. Like her face is all confused, you know, like, um, do you hear yourself? It's so funny when you can when you can visually see, even though it's a moving screen, you can vis- visually see the frozen frame that'll become the meme in real time. <laughs> It's so funny. You just see like a set of eyes and you go, oh, my God, I'm witnessing the birth of a meme right here. This is a permanent (laughs) meme. It's amazing. The joys of being alive in a world of clowns. How's the podcast? Everything else good? Everything is good. Yeah. And the first day of school was interesting. You know, my oldest is in high school for the Mm -hmm. first time this year. And so Mm -hmm. she comes into the car the first day after school. And I say to her, so how was it? And she said, Mom, it was horrible. And every part of me wants to go, it's going to get better, but it's high school. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. should I lie to her or should I just let her know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Well, listen, at least you didn't tell her to switch bodies. Oh, good <laughs> Maybe you should try it out as a boy. I got to tell you, when you think about like the nerve kids have nowadays, like I didn't have the nerve to ask my parents for a new roller skates. You know what I'm saying? Can you imagine asking for a new? I I just wouldn't have the guts, you know, different world. I don't know what to tell you. Um, You're always good for morale and good luck to the kids back to school. Lincoln is in 10th grade. He's a captain of the football team this year. Oh, my goodness. He, and he towers over every other kid. I know. He's like eight foot three. But, uh, I mean, I'm just talking from a gambling standpoint. This could be helpful. So hopefully we can make some money. <laughs> if, if you if you see me back in Michigan doing stand-up anytime soon, you'll know that Clark didn't beat Wanta this weekend. That's everything you need it's to know. It's like something Midwestern parents never think about. It's like very New York. Oh, yeah, totally. Are you kidding me? We're, just, we're trying to get the other team to fix the game. No, no, it's very involved out here. <laughs> you don't have the bills we do. Can I tell you the most New York story that ever happened, and you probably didn't hear about it out there? 
Um, it's You could find this on the Internet pretty easily, but about 10 years back, okay, this is the most depraved thing, but it's funny. About 10 years back, and I was there to witness this because I was a cab driver, okay, and it happened at a payomatic, a checks cashing place on 9th Avenue, okay? There were three roommates living, sharing an apartment. One of them uh, passed away. Uh, he was a street hustler. He was famous in New York. He was known as the Fox. And he used to be a guy that sold, like, fake Rolexes and pocketbooks. And he was, like, a cool guy that was a Times Square presence for, like, 30 years. Well, anyway, the Fox passed away. His two roommates, who were fellow street hustlers, uh, noticed that he had gotten a Social Security check in the mail. So they pushed the Fox in the chair, like Weekend and Bernie style, down to a check's cashing place to get his cut of the rent. And he was discovered in the chair by an off-duty cop who was also cashing a check of some sort and was like, hey, this guy in the you know chair isn't alive. And the cops came in and they busted the actual roommates for some type of fraud. Okay, but the reason the story was so funny is because in other parts of the country, people were like, oh, my God, that's crazy. But in New York, we were like, well, how many days of the month was he alive before they asked for the cut of the rent? You know what I'm saying? Because if he's there more than 15, doesn't he technically own the rent? Yeah, they're within their rights here, Fox. I don't want to hear it. So different, you know, different strokes for different folks, as they say. Uh, Tudor, we love you, pal. Give my best to Sarah and the gang. Okay. I will. Thank and you for having me. My bad. I'll see you soon. There she goes. The great Tudor Dixon. The crowd loves her. Just an absolute fan favorite everywhere she goes and everywhere we go. Back after this. Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong-looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. I will be your TV buddy in the 8 p.m. hour. I'm joining Jesse Waters on Jesse Waters Primetime, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, uh, back on your TV on One Nation with Brian Kilme. That also goes down in the 8 p.m. hour. Uh, Sunday, if you want to see me, you have to be drunk in the parking lot of the Zach Brown concert because we bought Jenny Zach Brown tickets for Mother's Day. And uh, me and Lincoln got to pony up and get down to Jones Beach Sunday night. So we weren't thinking at the time that there was an NFL Sunday going on and we'd have to leave halfway through to go watch Jenny get drunk and sing country music. I got to tell you, me and the Link man really screwed the pooch on that one. (laughs) Now we'll be there. It'll be great. It's going to be a great time. Uh, But if you are looking to meet me in person, uh, you want to go to any of these stand-up events, this is the schedule. Uh, Friday night, October the 13th, that is the taping of my stand-up special at the Paramount in Huntington, okay? Strong Island. Tomorrow night, oh my goodness, the Sugarloaf Performing Arts Center in Sugarloaf, New York. If you listen on Catskills Radio, expecting the whole morning show better be there. Everybody better show up. That's going to be a rowdy one. Uh, And then we will, of course, be in Helena, Montana, Friday night, October the 27th. Idaho Falls at the Colonial Theater, Saturday night, October the 28th. I've just received word that my cousin Tommy is showing up. That can't be good. My cousin Tommy is like Cousin Eddie in vacation. He's great, but he's out of control. He lives out in Utah by Chaffetz, uh, and uh, he is a chef, uh, and he's one of the best dudes I know. So we're going to get pretty rowdy out there. So if you happen to be in Idaho Falls Saturday night, the 28th, you can come be a part of the Fala family for one night. We'll make you an honorary member. Uh, if you so choose. Uh, but either way you slice it, what a bananas week this was. Like the media really did put out a hit on Joe Biden. Oh, I'm in trouble. Like you understand the things like I'm sitting here looking at the screen right now. 
even like CNN is trying to sound objective in their reporting. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastard. But they're trying, okay? MSNBC's talking about the old thing. The one thing they all have in common is they're really, really trying to get away from this impeachment idea. They don't want to go into the Biden finances because they had a lot to do with covering that up. So what I expect to happen over the weekend, where I expect to find us on Monday, if all things remain the same, is people are doing age jokes about Joe Biden on every cable news show this weekend, uh, especially on uh, my goodness, One Nation tomorrow night with Kilmeade. We're going to be getting rowdy before my stand-up show. So buckle up, girlfriend. The party's over. Pay up. Get out. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.